Hey there. Troy. I'm here. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. And today we have a special guest calling from the heart of the universe, Utah. Utah is the, the epicenter of everything, right? That's right. Okay, let's go. Troy, you there? I am here. All right. So um, why don't you introduce yourself so that um, I can say Really? Myself. You're making me do all the hard lifting already? Yeah, pretty much. What kind of podcast is this? <laughs> the hard lifting podcast. All right. All right. My name is Troy Williams, talking to you from Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm the executive director of Equality Utah, which is our state's LGBT political advocacy organization. Wow. I'm all grown up now, Tony. I wear a suit and tie. My God, what happened to you? <laughs> I know. I know. It's true. It happens to the best of us. Man, you like got a real job. That's right. I'm part of what they call big gay now. <laughs> I'm literally gay for pay. <laughs> you know how like in big oil, the guys wear like cowboy boots and a blazer? Like what's big gay? Uh, boas. Big giant boas and heels. <laughs> Stiletto heels. <laughs> oh, my God. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, check it. We wanted to obviously get you on the podcast because, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff going on with the country right now. And I knew you were kind of up to something down there because I see your, your uh, Facebook pictures and you look like one of those weird senator pictures that, like, it took him 20 <laughs> minutes to get with a weird smile. So what been, are you talking about? I've seeing I'm you an, with... I'm an, Activist. I'm a grassroots activist <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> so, um, but occasionally I, I do put on what I call my lobby drag, which is my, my suit and tie. Right. It's yeah. the worst. I know. So you voted for Trump, right? Yo, yeah. <laughs> he was huge here. Huge. Uh, I know. He's been president for what, three years now? Oh, my God. At least. It, it feels like it. Yeah, it feels like a like like a relationship you do not want to be in. But if you try to break up, they'll kill you. It's 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 insane. Like every time, every day, you refresh your news feed. There's some brand new horror story, and I never know if we're going to war with China, Australia, or Nordstrom. You never know. <laughs> it's so. But true. I'm here to say. I'm here to say. Okay, that if we go to war with Nordstrom, there is not a gay man in America who will take up arms against the Mac counter. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Safe. Oh my God! So Amit, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. All right, uh, Troy, awesome to talk to you. Um, I a couple questions. First of all, so you're the head of an organization that does activism for um, gay rights, and yep. I was wondering what is it that you most fear about what you or you know what do you foresee coming down the pipeline with the Trump administration? and what you're sort of girding yourself for, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's see. Mike Pence, Jeff Sessions, Betsy DeVos, <laughs> Rince Priebus. You just keep going on and on. He has assembled one of the most vehement anti-LGBT cabinets in American history. So this is deeply alarming. And though he has uh, so far 
um, there has not been an executive order um, harming our community directly. Um, there are other executive orders that are harming our community. This Muslim travel ban is a death sentence to LGBT refugees who are coming to this country to seek asylum. It is a death sentence. If they return to a regime controlled by ISIS, they will be killed. All right. Other issues. Uh, this this, this uh, cavalier approach to uh, repeal and, quote-unquote, replace the Affordable Care Act. This harms our community because it potentially severs our connection to life-saving HIV medication that we may need. Many in our community do need. Um, even an attack and an assault on Planned Parenthood cuts our community off from the life-saving services that they provide. So all of these issues, uh, refugees, um, access to health care, um, services for women and reproductive, reproductive rights, all of these issues impact our community, and therefore we must resist and we must fight with every fiber of our being. So, okay. So all hands on deck for, for the onslaught that is the Trump administration, <laughs> right? So, Absolutely. Uh, and, and, I mean, the Republican Party has the most vehement anti-LGBT um, platform in its history. Right, so, right. I, I mean, know, do you, do you see are, this as fundamentally different? As, I mean, the, it's not as if the Republicans have been particularly kind historically to uh, <laughs> right. LGBTQ issues. Um, do you see this as more of the same but worse um, and more sort of aggressive? And, and, and the sort of follow-up to that is that what does the sort of activist pushback look like for you? What are you doing? I think everybody um, is concerned. They control, all, you know, all three um, houses of power, right? I mean, right. They, 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 they control the executive, and, and, and they, they have the potential now to stack the courts that will completely change the makeup of, of, of the Supreme Court for generations. Right. Um, so there is every reason to be alarmed right now, especially for our most vulnerable, which is our transgender community right now. And, and we're seeing... Uh, efforts to roll back um, some of the progressive moves that the Obama administration made for transgender students who just want to have access to a bathroom where they will be safe. All right. So, so those are the issues that we're concerned about. Of course, you know, I'm not too alarmed right now that they're going to try to overturn Obergefell, which is the, the Supreme Court decision that, that brought marriage equality across the country. Uh, but they might try. You know, they could try if, if they don't implode first, which is what may happen, right? So what, we, what needs to happen is everything. Everything needs to happen right now. So marches in the streets, civil disobedience, shutting things down, disrupting town halls, and then also, you know, getting great candidates to run for office, getting out and registering voters, uh, writing letters to the editor, um, getting on uh, television and, and talking about your issues Everything needs to happen right now. And don't start, you know, pointing fingers at people and saying, that's not going to work, that's not going to work. Everything needs to work. We need all hands on deck, as you say, and everyone needs to be out in the streets um, working on all levels uh, to resist the Trump administration. Okay. What is the, um, what's the climate like in Utah right now? Oh, my God, we are fired up. 
Now, this state, you know, is very conservative. Now, Salt Lake City proper is a, is a super progressive town. Uh, we haven't elected a, a, a Mormon or a Republican for mayor in like 35 years. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I didn't okay. know that either. Wow. Yeah, super progressive city. We have a lesbian mayor right now. We have two out gay men on the city council. What? And in my organization, it's true, Salt Lake City. In, in fact, we just, uh, Equality Utah on the city council just last uh, May um, dedicated 20 blocks of downtown Salt Lake City as Harvey Milk Boulevard. Wow. So we're right next to Rosa Parks and Cesar Chavez and Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Wow. So this is a really progressive town. And, and, and we've done some interesting things, like... Now, Utah was the first red state to overturn a gay marriage ban in 2013, which kind of started the domino effect from state to state to state, ultimately leading to the Obergefell decision. Um, and we're the only state, if I can brag a little bit about Equality Utah, we're the only um, <laughs> Republican-controlled state to ever pass a pro-LGBTQ bill um, for uh, protections in employment and housing through a Republican-controlled legislature. The only one. We did that in 2015. Troy, um, can I just jump in for a yeah. second and have you explain what is the sort of particular political ecology that allows that to happen in a conservative Republican state like Utah for, for those sort of things to happen? We've got this kind of tenacious um, LGBT um, political force here. We do have a power center in the capital city. Um, and so we are able to sort of, um, sort of maneuver things. But really what we did after Proposition 8 passed in 2008 um, and a lot of we, we discovered that a lot of the the organizing money came from Utah into California. Millions of dollars came directed by the the Mormon Church into California. Right. And when we saw that, you know, I was involved in in some of the early protests. We would be marching thousands of people around the Mormon temple, and and I would do kiss-ins on Mormon Church property, etc. And and all these you know homos you know making out in front of the temple, that kind of thing, <laughs> and. But then, the, the more then my organization, before I was uh, involved with Equality Utah officially, uh, they began having um, meetings with the church and trying to find common ground. Like, look, we don't agree on marriage, but you know, can we all agree that people shouldn't be fired or evicted because they're gay or transgender? And the church, to their credit, said, "Yeah, we agree on that, and we're going to help you with that." Okay. And so we worked actually worked together, and it it was this moment where we put aside the culture war, we said, we don't agree on this, but we're going to work together on this, and we made some different choices. And in 2015, passed a landmark um, non-discrimination law, and it's awesome. It's great when you have that kind of, of, um, uh, of ability to actually reach out to people who you perceive to be your political adversaries. You know, you can't just write people off. Because here's the thing about gay and transgender issues is that we are born into every strata of society. So we're born into every political party, every religion, every social class, every ethnicity, etc. So Republicans and Mormons, you know, they keep cranking out gay babies. And so these issues... <laughs> You know, I think God might have something to do with it because he has a little bit of a she has a bit of a sense of humor, right? So, 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 so they're all grappling with these issues, and their families are being ripped apart by it. And finally, we're able to all come to the table and work together, and that was pretty significant. Um, and again, you know, we don't agree on marriage and family and sex and all of those things, uh, but for one moment, we we did find something that we agreed on. So. 
so you, it can be done, even in, in what people sort of derisively call a theocracy here in Utah. Um, the, keep in mind that the, the, the makeup of the Utah legislature is about 80, I think, 83 to 85% Republican, probably close to 90% Mormon. Wow. So it's, you know, so it, it's quite an interesting, you know, um, kind of work that activists have to do here. You know, and so I, I am a big a proponent of reaching out to the people who you believe you do not share common ground with and finding it because uh, you can do great things together. So it, that sounds like a pretty good model for you know, like a, a sort of portable model, right? That, that, that I hope so. That approach. I would hope so. God knows that the rest of the, the country hasn't been following our model. Um, right, <laughs> right, you know, right. and, and followed you know immediately after our bill passed. You know, Mike Pence. You may have heard of that guy um, as the governor of Indiana passed a really um, extreme uh, bill that, that allowed people of faith to freely discriminate against the LGBT folks. So luckily, um, activists were able to modify that um, and amend it. But um, but that's kind of the, the the attitude, and most people have kind of a winner takes all scorched earth kind of approach to these issues on both sides, I would think, but, um, but certainly conservatives do. So I have a question for you, Troy. Um, yeah. When the Democratic uh, senators voted yes to Ben Carson, uh, you know, most notably Senator Warren and, and Cory Booker and people that are Jared potentially Brown. the the um, next next on deck of the DNC, um, in your community, was that, did that mean something? Well, look, Republicans, right when Obama got in, they did everything in their power to obstruct uh, any progress he might make on every issue. And I think right now Democrats need to step forward and do everything they can to stall the, the Trump administration, everything in their power, right. and should concede nothing to him. Right. Um, that's my own personal view on that. And are there some leaders in the Democratic Party that you think are um, more taking on your cause? Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, you bring up uh, Warren's vote. I mean, certainly, you know, Elizabeth Warren is a hero to progressives, um, and I think you know that that's awesome. I think Cory Booker is on some issues fantastic, other issues not so great. I mean, no one is perfect, right? right. There's not one candidate that that sort of gets all every check mark off of the progressive dream list, and you kind of have to, you know. Um, work with what you've got, right? As, as Rumsfeld famously said, you go to war with the <laughs> army that you have. And, um, and so on some level, you have to sort of work with the, the power structure that you have. You can't just completely write everything off, though there are certainly um, agitators and, and, uh, and radicals that would like to do just that. Um, but you've got to put pressure on them. You have to put pressure on the establishment to sort of respond to the issues that you care about. And you need to be loud about it. i got a question about a specific Utah politician, which is uh, Jason Chaffetz. Jason Chaffetz. How did you know? How did you know where we going? Know? Yeah, yeah. He's very popular right now. He's gone viral. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he is such a craven politician who will suck up to power if he thought it would ever advance his career. He used to be a Democrat, and he's related to the Dukakises. I found out. I've, yes, I've heard this. I've right. heard this. So. That. He'll go wherever, whatever power kind of entices him. It's, uh, you know, I, he, he's built his career going on witch hunts against women, namely Planned Parenthood and Hillary Clinton, right? Right. Um, but mostly he's been mum on Trump. 
Right. Uh, and so 2,000 Utahns swarmed around. They kind of hijacked his town hall and blasted the hell out of him. It was chaos. Um, and it was kind of exciting to see. On one level, there's part of me that's like, oh, wow, guys, we've got to have a civil discourse. But there's another part of me that's like, you know, give them hell. You know, I think both kind of tactics are really important, actually. Right. There are times when you need to be sort of storming the castle and really, um, really showing your anger and your frustration. And then there's times when you need to sort of sit down and be more moderate and, and kind of sort of have reasonable conversation. But Chaffetz has not proven himself to be a, a reasonable, um, moderate character. He's a cowardly man who only really feels strong when he's going after women. Right. Um, and, and, so, and so he's been mostly mum on, on Trump administration, except he went after Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway, Conway, right? right, right. <laughs> I see a pattern. So, so if it's against a woman, he feels very brave. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. What is his, I mean, how do people in Utah, so I, I don't know how representative uh, that that meeting was when many of his constituents came in to, to yeah well we are a state and this is the biggest problem i think that's challenging democracy in our country is we are gerrymandered uh, so severely mm, right so that it's really hard for a progressive to win a, a seat and so so um, my representative i live in the heart of salt lake city and i'm rep- represented by a guy you probably never heard of named chris stewart Super dorky conservative. Um, he uh, he would never get elected in Salt Lake City or Salt Lake County, but we are so split up, and we share part of our districts with rural parts of the state, uh, and it and it kind of dilutes the progressive voice. And so, so we don't have representation. He's, he's representing Harvey Milk Boulevard. Right. Right. Well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Chris Stewart is is representing Harvey Milk Boulevard, and none of us have representation. Um, it's really frustrating, and that's the same with Chaffetz. So yes, there are pockets of his district that are are progressive, but the bulk of them are conservative, um, and so you know that that is the challenge that we have. Everyone's like, yeah, we're going to take back the house in in uh, 2018. It's going to be extremely difficult to do so. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and both parties gerrymander, but it, it is crippling our democracy, um, and it, it should be opposed by everyone. It hurts everybody. So that, that is our challenge uh, with a person like Chaffetz. Even though there's all this outrage, um, I don't know that his political future in the state is in jeopardy, you know, because of the way things are laid out. So he can, I mean, basically that gives him a free hand to either um, do or not do his job with this House yeah. Oversight Committee, right? So because because exactly. he's not necessarily getting pressure applied from actual constituents because he's right. safe, right? So, right, right. So... Uh, to to what extent then do you think, as you put it, sort of storming the castle? Then it, I mean, I loved watching it. It was fantastic to watch, um, mm-hmm. and it boosts morale for for our side, and and um, I think which is a great thing and it has value unto itself. Uh, but in terms of actually applying political pressure, what type of activism could work uh, in the face of these, you know, absolutely gerrymandered districts? Right now, what we need are courageous Republicans to find their soul and to find (laughs) their spine, because we need them. We need them to take a stand against the extremism of this petulant, incompetent, juvenile, narcissistic, authoritarian commander-in-chief that we have. And, and the less Republicans, like Jason Chaffetz, actually find the courage to do what is right, we're in big trouble. 
Yeah. And you know they're all freaking out themselves, right? I mean, Republicans are freaking out by this guy. So this is so they've got we, to take ta- a stand. We talked about this last week, and this is and it might be because I'm I'm sort of pessimistic about the Republicans in general. Um, but I think it's really they're I don't know if they're freaking out. They're freaking out on some levels. I think that's true. Um, I think the this Russia connection has got them spooked a bit. Yeah. Um, but 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 I think in the end. A lot of, you know, this parade of horribles who are these uh, cabinet nominees are actually basically the the sort of the darkest fantasy of the Republican Party for a long time. It's just that yeah. it doesn't fit with the country club aesthetics that they would like. Um, exactly. So and and so I, I don't I don't know. I mean, for, so for me, I, I, I'm, I'm much more pessimistic about find, finding the kind hearted. Uh, Republican, you know that I don't. I don't ever remember compassionate conservatism. I always didn't. Find, I never found it very <laughs> compassionate. Yeah, well, it's one thing to be an opposition party. We're always doing everything you can to to stop a president like Obama. But it's a very different thing when you actually have to lead. And so now we have this situation where they want to repeal and replace Obamacare. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. They're going to have to stand up and actually start delivering and all, all of the things that they say that they want. And I, I don't know that they're going to be able to sort of produce for the American people. Right. They're not going to be able to sort of boost the economy and provide jobs, maybe a little bit in the short term. But long term, you know, their ideas are vacant. And so ultimately, um, I, I, this will turn against them unless they actually step up and, and find their soul. So, again agitating every opportunity you get you've got to sort of engage them so for example what equality utah does um you know we don't want to just speak to our base uh and so what i do every um you know two years is as like we go and we um we buy a table at the republican state convention <laughs> and i get all of my gay literature out and I put on my tablecloth with my staff, and we sit, and I put on, put on my suit again, Tony. I get the suit on. I look really handsome. <laughs> Very nicely tailored, of course. Okay? And then I, and we put our hand out, and we introduce ourselves, and we start talking. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the hard work that you have to do. You have to engage people who you believe are your political adversaries. How's the food at that thing, Troy? What's that? How's the food at that thing? Oh, my God, it's horrific. <laughs> what was it's it? Horrific. We're going to eat it. It's hot dogs and corn dogs and popcorn and, and things like that. Yeah. No, I think that sounds kind of good, actually. <laughs> no, no, Did no, you try one of the corn there. dogs? Watch the belly. I'm a gay man who wants to be able to have a, a sex in, in by the time I'm, I'm yeah, 50. Yeah, you can't eat corn So I've got to watch it, you know. Yeah, you can't eat those at all. So I don't That's know. That's right. Straight guys, have it. straight guys have it easy because often, you know, your, your wives, you know, you don't mind a little bit of, uh, you know. A little bit of extra body fat. Gay, boy, gay boys don't have that luxury. Oh, they, they, no. they mind. They just give up on us, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah they, they definitely mind because they don't look yeah. at us anymore, but they keep us around. So there's a, They keep you around, there's exactly. A, there's a middle right there. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think, uh, b- before we go, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap up soon, but I don't, I don't think that the um, Republicans need to be in full panic mode yet. Uh, the ones that have no spines that you you were saying you think they need to find their spines and, and if it's going to catch up with them. I don't know if it's going to, because from what I see, the people that are still defend like at this point, it's really tough to defend Trump. But now it's becoming 
almost like with his weirdo base loyalists, which um, were a lot more than we thought, they don't really care about facts or like things. They, they know. Just, they just care about the soundbite and the toughness that that Trump kind of goes in there and bullies people around. And that's that's like what they're into. And, and that should terrify all of us. Yeah. That this is what's happening in our nation right now. It is deeply alarming. And Democrats have got to find the, the way to sort of reach back and win back uh, rural, white, working-class Americans. You've yeah. got to do it. There are people who voted for Obama twice who voted for Trump. That's the craziest and, statistic for me. That one is bananas. <laughs> so we've got to we've got to reach out to them and, and help them understand that yeah. that their their interests are not served um, by this party. So yeah, it's a tough it's a tough haul ahead, and I, I things are not going to be good in our nation, and it's going to probably get worse before it gets better. But I'm excited to see the things are happening. 10,000 people showed up on a, during a blizzard in Utah on a, uh, in the middle of, of, of a work day. 10,000 people showed up uh, to march at the Capitol. I have organized rallies at the Utah State Capitol more than I can remember. I've never seen the numbers that we're seeing right now in Utah. Um, and then a week later, or two weeks later, we had a, a march for refugees. And 10,000 people showed up for that wow. in Utah. Wow. Um, and so there is this coming together of different um, uh, organizations, different communities are working in common cause together. And that's what needs to happen. Harvey Milk called it the coalition of the Ustas. Uh, when, when faith groups and labor organizers and ethnic communities and the gays and the transgender folks get together, we are powerful when we are an us. And if we are an us, then they will not be able to defeat us. So that's what's happening right Ooh. now. All of these different communities are coming together, standing in common cause, and uh, and that's what's going to turn the tide in this nation. Well, Sounds there it good. is. Yeah. Wow. You feeling it? You feeling fired up? You ready to take to the streets? That's right. Well, all right. Join me in Salt Lake City then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I not like get Salt crazy. Lake City. What's that? Uh, what's that good whiskey bar we used to drink at? Like, like it looks like it's like factory behind it. The garage, the garage, the garage on Beck. Great bar, yeah. And then I like that other that that like little cocktail bar, like the upscale cocktails. I don't know. It's like red in there. It was like it was like the the red door. Probably. (laughs) I don't remember the door. I took my Valentine there last night. It was good. That's a good spot. It's like a really upscale cocktail place, right? We've got it. Utah, you can get drunk in Utah. you got to drink twice <laughs> want, as much, right? I want all of your listeners to know you can get drunk in Utah. You can get drunk and you can get laid. Both of those things. <laughs> What's the marijuana situation like there? Well, we're, well, we live next door to Colorado. There you go. Close enough. That's Yeah. And we're, we're working on legalizing medical cannabis, but we got, it was probably a few years out. Probably. Well, Troy, um, we, we wish you luck, and we are, you know, at least Amit and Jeet are protesting here. So Excellent. it's happening a lot, and I'll continue to send these two out, and you update me with your suits, and hopefully in a couple of years we're happier. Uh, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. All right, Troy, thank <laughs> you so much, brother. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Right, it's great. He's such a, he's such like a fucking 
soundbite machine. He's yeah, like, well, he's it's a, a pro. He's yeah. a pro. That, he's a DJ mm-hmm. on like a hot radio station right. in Utah for like ever. Hot 97 yeah. Salt Lake City. We're, this guy's yeah. way out of our league. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we sounded like that, like like so on point. Maybe we like be like have twice as many listeners. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was a lot of positive energy coming through that microphone. I know. <laughs> he's a fighter, I, I, dude. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, he's a total it's great. fighter. It's great. Um I I cannot believe Salt Lake City is a progressive city. It's the seat of the Mormon well, church. I kind of knew that because I've been there a bunch of right. times. Right. I've never I've never been there. Like people, there's like a shockingly Salt Lake City. There's actually like a cool downtown. There's there's really good restaurants. And you can definitely get drunk there. Like, you know, people, there's this myth about so Utah. So this is what everybody... Because Mormons don't drink, this but is, yeah, right. U- Utah drinks. Right. You know? This is what everybody's been saying about um, how to describe red states and blue states and so on. It's not really about the state. It's about urban versus rural or, rural right. or suburban, that right. sort of thing, right? That that even the red states... You, well, you, you get into the actual big cities in the red states and they're really blue. Right. Uh, you know, so maybe that's going on. Yeah, Salt Lake City's definitely progressive. Wow. And uh, I, d- I didn't realize that um, they, they were such a red state with such progressive, like, influence on the rest of the country. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. I never would have guessed it. No. Well, you know, Utah does have, like, you think of Utah, and you do think, like, people don't have fun there. <laughs> right? You just associate it with not fun. I, yeah, I just think of, like, Mormon austerity. You Absolutely. Know? You know, that's, that's but it actually is fun. So they have an okay. uphill battle in yeah. the tourism department. Right, right. But it's, like, beautiful, right? It's a beautiful It's gorgeous. State. Right. There's skiing. There's right. there's Sundance. There's yeah. Yeah. Uh, tons of shit. There's, like, a beautiful red rock forest or some bullshit. I don't, I don't know if it's a red rock forest, right. but something like that. Red rocks, I think, is... Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of red <laughs> shit yes, out yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely rocks. <There> cacti. <laughs> <laughs> he actually echoed what Francis was saying last week. Yeah, too. Uh, Joy's you know, like the younger version yeah, of Francis. Yeah, that, that everything, throw everything at the wall, see what sticks to yeah. stop these guys. Yeah. Um, which, of course, the Democrats aren't doing. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. That's so what I was asking him, because like, I'm still waiting for someone to be like, Oh yeah, you know who the person is in four years that's gonna run? This person. But it's yeah. like I, I don't I think that they're I think they're panicking, man. There's you know, nobody that's good. I th- I think somebody good might well emerge, but there's nobody that they know of. I mean that's the problem. I think I think maybe one way that there's no like, you know, Democratic Jedi waiting no. in the wings no. so I come and like lead no. the party to victory and so on. There's no like a governor in a state a we don't care complete about. Complete <laughs> fantasy, right? So the only actual hope is that somebody without a name builds a name because of you know doing activism and stuff like that yeah. and sort of pushing the party and so on. That's the only hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I liked his. I liked his optimism. Right. Right. I mean, I guess to be an activist, you have to be fundamentally optimistic. I think so. You know, what's a depressed activist? Yeah, you can't. Like? It doesn't work. Here's my impression of a uh, depressed activist. Come on, guys, let's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very inspiring. Let's go protest. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be. No, it's, it's not going to work. All right. So um, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Good. Um, good guess. Yeah. Um, go to Utah. Go get drunk in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Come get drunk in Utah. Tagline for Utah. That's a good tagline. All right. 
No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by Jeep Beta Roy. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, not so much, but we're on there. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.